Welcome everyone to CDO's Magazine series of one-on-one interviews with CDOs, data leaders, and key influencers. I'm your host, Robert Lutton, Vice President of Sandville Consultants, and I'm coming to you today from Toronto, Canada, working on behalf of the CDO Magazine. So welcome, Katie. Welcome, Zach. Thank you for having us. So far, everything's great. You guys have made the investment. You're working through it. You're, you're getting turnaround, things like that. Let me ask you, you know, you know, have you, you, you talked about some stumbles you made along the way, but what are some of the, the challenges that you've kind of seen uh, from your point of view? Was it the fact that you're so big or what are just give us some sense of some challenges that I can't believe that it's all been roses and, uh, yeah. and sweet perfume. You know, I told Zach early on when he asked me what I was working on, I'm like, I am nation building. And he was like, what? And I'm like, I'm trying to find the people I need as things are coming up. So I get with the right people to get things solved quickly. And that is something you, I feel like I will be doing for years because there's so many wonderful people at Navy Federal, like kudos to our recruitment team and the hiring managers that there's so many people with diverse backgrounds that can add from so much value from all these different industries that I, I feel like I meet a new friend every day that I'm like, ooh, and I have this big list of contacts that I call about various things because my role is so diverse, I get to be involved in a lot of different types of data you know, discussions. And I may not have all of the expertise in something and I can ask one of my new contacts, what is your experience around this and this? And then I often have you know, more things I can learn and read and educate myself on further so we can make better and better decisions. I, I love that idea, the fact that, and I've heard it before, the term nation building, uh, but I don't think it's talked enough about. So the, I think there's a whole topic, whole presentation on that nation building. But uh, just moving on, because I'm, I'm aware of the time here, I want to make sure we get some, uh, some time with Zach as well. But uh, how do you balance the need between providing data accessibility for the various groups that you serve and the privacy uh, in your data governance. You know, is there, do you, is there, how do you, how do you balance that out? This is something that is often discussed in this field. And especially with our members being military members mm. and their families, we take this to another level of, we put best practices in place and strive to do that in everything we do. And we also want to meet their needs. So right, we balance right. data accessibility and privacy by I have an incredible team that set up a process again that I was looking got to walk into and take over once I started that I partner with people from various areas of our IT department for every type of data request we have internal or external. And I think of it kind of like the Avengers Unite moment where (laughs) I bring together all of these great perspectives and it's the standard process where we talk through these different applications. And this is also where we bring in different types of IT people to really do robust risk assessments. And I'll tell you, there are multiple layers of risk assessments around every data movement. So we don't provide any detail that we don't have to, especially around sensitive information. We are always trying to follow the zero trust principle. 
So we're able to meet business needs by being creative at times and aggregating information or using special types of masking encryption and able to still get that data need met so we can do business and keep moving forward. But we have protected our members and our employees. Uh, yeah. The whole process nation building. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put a cheat code in. I mean, the, the, if you can set your infrastructure up in a way where you don't have to sacrifice either of those two things, that if you create a flexible environment, I can actually give, you know, like give you the data for a short period of time. And it's not hard for me to have automated things that'll say it revokes your permissions when this project's over. You, you guys are, are well on the way. I, literally, I, just in the last couple of minutes, I've got two, two questions. And Zach, I don't know whether this one's for you or, or whether you want to have Katie answer. But uh, how do you engage with stakeholders to promote data literacy across the organization? You already mentioned that people have already sort of taken some data literacy courses. Is that something that, you know, you find hey, we're already there. We've, we've done this. Or now there's still pockets out there. We still need to, to do yeah, that. Yeah, no. Yeah, because it, it, data governance is hard. Like, I, I mean, it's it's very like, you've got to be able to have that object-oriented programming kind of mindset where you yep. can think of something as an abstract object that has attributes that that inherit from things. Like, you have to have that. And not everybody has that. Like, it's a it's a very difficult thing. And so we, you know, and so you're going to encounter, that's been, that was one of the, I mean, that's the challenges that of scaling is you're always going to get, and, and it's not a knock against anybody. Like, that's just some, some people's brains are wired that way and others aren't. And it's really hard for people to wrap their head around some of the concepts. Katie did a, a fantastic presentation uh, a couple months ago where she was using the analogy of, of food and the grocery store around metadata and, and, and how so, so so we could explain to an HR audience, like, right. what are we talking about? What's right. good for it? It's like, it's like hey, yes. you know, when you go to your 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 pantry and guess what? You're not pulling off three things of expired, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, expired, you know, bottles of, you know, the the uh, taco sauce that you wanted. You're like, oh, dang it. I wanted tacos tonight. But I, I kept going there and, and then I went to the store and I forgot that I also was going to eat some, you know, and it's like when you've organized your information, and you've categorized it, and you've labeled it, it just makes your life easier, you know. And so I think that's and be able to share with them with real life examples of you do go, you do governance, you do metadata management, you just don't realize that's what it is. And, and so and so well, I, I think that. I think we're actually going to, we're bringing the lexicon of metadata, metadata management into the forefront now. It's not a secret mm-hmm. word. It's not a one of those words yeah. that go, huh, what, what is that? So so that's great. I, last question. And again, I'll, I'll open it up for both Katie and Zach because the knowledge you guys have got is just fantastic. Any suggestions for how you might suggest an organization sort of sets the measure to deliver values on the data initiatives like you know what would you look to you know what what measurements would you suggest that would would help derive value for the initiatives that that you've been delivering that you suggest to organizations so i recommend focusing on data initiatives that result in actionable information because actionable information can be measured that's kind of key to finding really good measures And depending on what it is, you'll be able to tie it to a financial or you'll be able to tie it to an efficiency initiative. 
that is really key, especially starting out. And that again, starts that snowball effect of after you get enough of those use cases and business cases and partnering with people, your reputation around that also builds and more people want to work with you and get help on things they're working on. So I think that is really a great way to find here are the ways that we can help increase revenue from a data perspective, or we can help create more efficiency so we can focus on the things that matter and set aside kind of the processes that are not adding value where we can use our great people and their expertise to better serve our members. I think that something that's coming up that says, you know, automation, you've actually taken automation to the next level, but it's not a bad thing because it's allowed you to do more and serve your members better, uh, you know, in, in how you run the reports. So the reporting, as you said, Zach, is key. Uh, the more you can automate, the better it is that you can do more things to service your members, which sometimes a lot of organizations uh, don't see. Uh, am I right in that process, Zach? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, we, we call it, it's, it's, we call it our mission data initiative. And so it's been, it's been around, you know, getting all the member information so that, so that the data scientists can do their things, you know, so that the AI and ML, but if you don't have the foundation, it's going to be, you're going to have either right. bad, you know, predictions based on, and so the things everybody wants, I think it's just, it, I think the biggest, the biggest thing you could do is make sure to help people understand the the different the connection between the underlying data management and the thing that they want because everybody wants AI ML and all those kind of things. you know they want to be able to say that we've got all these things but yeah. if you don't have the foundational things and it's just a you know and it's just an R script sitting on somebody's laptop and you hope that that person doesn't a run away with the you know yeah. the code the and give it away code. Yeah. And the company and b you know that it's that it's not operationalized because hey you got this great talent and this great data and this great uh, product potentially but it's you don't have the infrastructure to be able to to embed it safely and securely uh, in a scalable way that you can't you can't leverage the great technologies that are becoming so much more accessible you know AI and ML's never been more accessible I mean they've got great tools that that are I mean honestly like manager friendly, you know, auto ML type things that like everybody loves that. But if you don't have the data infrastructure, if you don't have the way to, to uh, capitalize on those, on those technologies, you've got to have that foundation. I mean, it goes down to, you know, if you don't have the foundation of the data infrastructure and the whole, which comes with governance and security and controls and all that, like you just, you're not going to be able to take, you're going to be behind in, in the things that they want, you know? And so I think, making that connection, I think would probably be my, my biggest, you know, um, suggestion to somebody trying to, you know, and we're not there. We've still got plenty of places to go and plenty of things to do that we want to do. But, um, but I think that's, that's one of the things that we've been fortunate to have senior leadership that's really understood that connection. I, I got to tell you, Zach and Katie, first of all, thank you for your time today. Uh, you know, you say you're not there yet, but boy, you're ahead of a lot of organizations. You've got a great management team. You've got a great infrastructure. You've got users that are way ahead of where, you know, a lot of other users generally are going to be. Uh, you've got you know, management looking to you as a positive influence uh, rather than negative influence. And, you know, we could, we could go on and on and on for, for ages about how you've actually uh, you know, achieved this. We're, we're really just tipped the, uh, the top of the iceberg here. And, 
I appreciate you, uh, Katie and Zach, sharing your time today with, with us on, on these topics. Uh, there's certainly a lot more uh, to dig into. I hope we get a chance to uh, come back and share your knowledge and insights and just hear what a phenomenal job that you're doing. So on behalf of the CU Magazine, I'd like to thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Robert.